Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Supplemental Episode 41 with Gav Brown and Gav Drury. Hi, friends. It's that time again, and uh, and our friends from across the ocean are here with us. That, Hello. That's, that's you guys. Why <laughs> hey is that us? Yes. I thought you were the ones that were across the ocean. Well, technically, I suppose we are. We're all across some ocean somewhere. That's, uh-huh. that, wow. That's, that's what ties the human race together. It's, it's proximities to oceans. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we'll all be even more human in years to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much more ocean. Oh, more fish-like. <laughs> that's you looking on the bright side. <laughs> So this year, because Matt and I have gotten sort of practiced in watching one episode of a thing instead of two, we've decided to uh, shorten yeah. what we're watching considerably. And if by practice you mean lazy, then yes. yes. Well, <laughs> now that we're not trying to catch up on a backlog and now we're just keeping up with the thing that's airing you know, currently, mm-hmm. we don't have to watch two a week. We could just do one. And so this year we decided in, in the usual tradition to you know exchange Christmas-themed things, but they're only half an hour long instead of an hour because uh, you know, who wants to watch an hour's worth? We're, you know, two hours worth. Busy. Yeah, we are. Especially if it's something that Matt's chose. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, we have a we have a real problem this time because Matt chose something that I know is like a cornerstone of his personality. Like that this is, is true. <laughs> this is Girl, Matt's like foundation. And you're lucky I didn't I didn't pick something garbage this time. No, I'm not lucky because I can't really insult this too much without you taking it very personally. That is true. It's basically his horror curse. I will yes. turn on you. Yes, and I wouldn't do that because I'm trying to be a nice person now. Mm-hmm. I didn't I'm even need ghosts. To... <laughs> uh, I tried to ignore the Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Being being a red-haired gentleman named Ron means that uh, <laughs> too many Harry Potter comparisons get a little uncomfortable for me. But yeah, Matt, I'm surprised we've been podcasting together this long, and it, it's taken you this long to force me to watch the real Ghostbusters. I know, right? But too busy making you watch shit. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, you've been too busy watching Enterprise. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, in the interest of being nice, I won't. I won't react to that the way I'd like to. But you, not as, but you basically have without doing yeah I, I have some very specific things that I won't say but I, I don't you've, you've had don't your Christmas cake I think it's that good <laughs> I just don't think it's that good I'm sorry uh, but let's let's discuss what happened uh, Gav, Gavin Gav it's this is this is yours to do so uh, please won't you summarize uh, the the Christmas episode one of several Christmas episodes for the real Ghostbusters Xmas marks the spot well, just before I do, I will uh, open the ceremonial beer. Oh, ah, wonderful. Show us and start which, it. Which is Ghost Ship. Ooh, excellent. Like, seasonally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like, related and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's always. Off you go, guy. So here we go. On their way home in a snowstorm from another slightly successful job, the Ghostbusters get distracted talking about bold pussies and take a wrong turning. Deciding the safer option when lost in a snowstorm is to leave your car and explore the mountain, they leave the car and explore the mountain. (laughs) Scrooge McVentman parlays his opening gambit in the war against Christmas because his dad didn't 
touch him as he was away for Christmas or something. I don't know. Distracted by the war on Christmas, they all get blown away by a giant portal in the sky, rather conveniently to a small town. Not missing an opportunity to make some quick cash, they go rescue Ebenezer Scrooge from three spirits that are taunting him. Happy with their little side profit, they all set off back home with no problem whatsoever, like it's not even an issue. How are they even in this mess to start with if it's so easy? Back home, everyone is celebrating the miserable spirit of humbug. Ray realised they must have gone through a time slip and changed time so that everyone hates Christmas. Peter was fine with this. If nothing else, it'll be cheaper. <laughs> they rush back to the firehouse, but the ghosts of Christmas have already been put in the condiment unit. Egon tries to get them out again, while the others go back to Scrooge's time and impersonate the three ghosts. Typical Christmas, really. <laughs> Peter is the ghost of Christmas past and uses a viewmaster to show Scrooge his past. Good thing they are a Victorian London one. Next, Winston impersonates the ghost of Christmas present and takes Scrooge around town to show the people living in poverty. In the confectionery unit, Egon finds the ghost of Christmas, but the other ghosts notice an attack. But they manage to escape. With time almost up, Ray impersonates the ghost of Christmas future and communicates to Scrooge via a game of charades, making him the most annoying ghost. <laughs> Egon takes them to Victorian England, pretends to be Jacob Marley, and the three real ghosts proceed to finish the job. Once Peter admits he loves Christmas, the ghost of Christmas present returns him to the firehouse kitchen in the present and everything is back to normal. Well, as normal as ghost busting is anyway. It makes them feel no good. Yeah. At all. <laughs> so this was the thing that happened to us. <laughs> so now, next one. Matt, you you are obviously very fond of the show. Would you say this was this, this is my favorite? This is my Transformers, basically. Okay, no, I understand that. And and all jokes aside, I really don't want to be a dick about it. I want to know is this is this a good example of a good episode of this show, or is this an average episode? Like, this where is, does this I, fall? This is an average one. Um, I picked this one mostly because it was a Christmas one, and also it was sure. a J. Michael Straczynski one. Uh, he wrote on the show, and his or his episodes are usually the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the early seasons before uh, it started getting shitty. Mm -hmm. um, this one's fine. You know, I like the concept quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Just the let's go back in time and bust the uh, ghosts of Christmas. No, and that's that's my good thing. That is a very good idea. Yeah. And it's, you know, obviously partially a Christmas carol, but it's also a bit of it's a wonderful life. You go back and, and change something fundamental and you see how how that affected everything. And uh, I, I like I like the grand tradition of Christmas stories as time travel stories. I don't yeah, right. I don't know why that became a thing, but it's a big part of Christmas stories. I, I and, and my like, good thing is specifically go the ghost of Christmas past, present and future being captured by the Ghostbusters. Yes, it's just a really genius idea. Yeah. And and it seems obvious once you hear it, like it's it's genius to think of it. But then when you hear it, it's like, oh, of course, they're ghosts. Why wouldn't they do that? Yes. I, they just because show up. Surely they'll have heard of them before on the scene. That's the ghost of Christmas past, present and future. I'm not going to capture them. No, they have no memory of anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a, a big problem that I had was so much of the episode. It takes them a really long time to figure out what happened to them and what went wrong. And I hate that about any story like this, where it's like you could get to the good part of the episode if you weren't spending time, like not realizing where you are and what's going on and that sort of thing. I, I, I do like the idea that it takes them a while to figure it out, because like, why would we go back in time? We were on a mountain. No, that's true. But there are so many obvious signs around them. <laughs> 
Like, wow, this uh, this town's really into uh, Victorian England, I guess. Also, they <laughs> fought a giant candy man. They live with a ghost. Like, there's so many things that are ridiculous in their lives. They should did, just kind of roll with it. Did the giant candy man get stuck to the floor again? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's wearing a sailor suit, which will come up again. <laughs> We get this kid late. We have no problem. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I just I think they live in a fantastical world. And I think a lot of that should be taken as red so we can just get on with the story, you know. And really, uh, have they traveled in time much before. I don't no, probably, think so. The, probably not, but I feel like they should be season. So. I feel like they should be open to things like that is all I'm saying. Yeah. And, and English guy, isn't this kind of your bad thing in that just everything feels kind of rushed or whatever? Yeah, uh, it's very much related to that. Mm-hmm. But I know it's a cartoon, it's only 20 minutes long, and it's Ghostbusters and all that, so you're making me say bad things about it because I <laughs> loved this as a kid. Uh-huh. But it did seem like it was rushed a bit. Maybe I it was mean, bad editing, I don't know. But when they got into the last spirit, as they were telling, Egan just rescues the spirits in time and then suddenly teleports to rescue the day. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's like there was nothing in between, and that it was just everything just in the last bit were just chucked in. Yeah, it yeah, felt like the, wrong. It felt like the last act had all the interesting, like the most interesting parts. And Irish yeah. Gav, this is your bad thing, also, right? Yes, uh, it's just too much story. They can, there's a bit where they, the containment unit should, you know, when they go into that, should have been a story in itself, just because it's very like the Fantastic Voyage, which mm-hmm. was a movie. So you think they could make that into more than a five minute bit in a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was another episode they did later on where I was like going to say the entire thing in the container. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. It feels like something they would have done often because they can recycle old like animation models and also make it look like continuity. I, and this is my Full good shadowing. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the, the containment unit as an idea. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie, it's just a big red box that uh, what's his face shuts off. But, like, you go into it, and it's, like, this weird alternate universe that's full of, like, pipes and floating uh, rocks and stuff that ghosts just live in. And it's incredibly Dan Aykroyd idea. Did you just admit to liking flying mountains? Flying <laughs> rock. Different. Don't do this to me. A rock is a mountain, <laughs> man. A rock is not a mountain. A rock is how you assemble a mountain. Okay. A rock <laughs> is a mountain. Ron Algarwa. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Kirk is climbing a rock. Why is he climbing if, a rock? If the rock is big enough. Yes. Is that a motivational poster? <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, do you think that various elements of Earth are just Legos that you put together until they make the thing? Yeah, it's called molecules. Each molecule. <laughs> <laughs> like... uh, your rings around me logically. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> no, it just it felt like there were some very good ideas here. And, and I, I agree with all of you that we don't spend enough time on the most interesting parts. I think I, I think the, we spend a lot of the time just waiting to get there. It it, it suffers a lot, I think, from, <coughs> like it's really front loaded mm-hmm. and what it's front loaded with is kind of boring. Yep. No, and you get that in a lot of sci fi stories, especially fish out of water stories mm-hmm. where it takes the characters a long time to get oriented to what's going on. Mm-hmm. and instead of getting because to me the funniest part was them being uh, acting like ghosts and yeah. um uh, english guy this is your good thing right yep i was particularly uh when peter was playing the ghost and uh is running ebony's around 
in a wheelchair pretending he's flying with Viewmaster strapped to his face. I love that. I love that Viewmaster so much. <laughs> and he had what was it? Magnesium flares to make it look like he had a ghostly aura. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, I, uh, I, you do have an aura. Oh, yes, I do. Uh, put on the magnesium flares. And then he's like, oh, yes, you are a ghost. Really? <laughs> you just saw me flip a switch. <laughs> Look, people were a lot more gullible in, in Victorian England. Well, we what, so. Like the 1850s? Surely he knew what a, what a flare was. Also, he'd lost his glasses. Ah, all right, that's fair. They they got they got you covered. Not a convincing wig. Yeah, it was not a convincing wig at all. <laughs> Bought this from the wig store on the way over. But see, that, yeah, in Victorian times, that would have made been made out of like real child hair or something. It's a good, it's a good thing I had tuppence on me. <laughs> <laughs> but but to me, if you tease that part out more, to that would have been the funniest bit where they're all pretending to be mm. the different ghosts because, you know, that's stupid and hilarious. <laughs> I very much enjoyed that. Uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, I kind of talked about it already. The uh, the uh, the containment unit, but I also really like the ghost design. You see it a lot in the opening credits and when they're in the containment unit uh, dimension. Um, I love. I just love the look of all of these like these weird ass ghosts that they've designed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so m- think- most of them. It's one of the things I like about the show is just like it's got a great design to it. Most of them, you have a problem with one particular one though. Which well, is- if you want to get into my bad thing, Al, um, <laughs> here's something I've needed to say for uh, let's see now. Oh, uh, thirty years. Um, Slimer sucks. He's the worst <laughs> part of the show. He's a terrible, stupid fucking mascot, and he is the the complete reason that the show gets shitty. In about two years, when it gets reinvented as, as Slimer and the real Ghostbusters, and they turn it into a Warner, uh, a really bad Warner Brothers cartoon. He is literally the worst thing to ever happen, ever, and I hate him. <laughs> ever happen, ever. In the history of humanity? Yeah, I'm doubling down on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like Slimer, then? Not really, no. Huh. Not my thing. Well, I've got to go buy you a new Christmas present, I suppose. <laughs> You and every, you and everybody else from my family. Oh yeah. Oh, Matt likes Ghostbusters. Here's how much Slimer crap I've owned in my life. Oh, I bet. Oh yeah, I get it. I give you terrible. a hint. It's a lot. <laughs> how much of it do you still have? Uh, I have one mini mate that I'm looking at right now, and that's because I won't throw him away. <laughs> yeah, but you also have a Neelix, so you know you've, you've got a couple a of. Yeah. Uh, are they in the, you should put them in the same place. That Neelix is actually currently terrorizing the baby Jesus in my nativity scene. <laughs> Quark is also there. It makes a little more sense for Quark to be there because he heard there was gold. <laughs> he's trying to buy the gold. Uh-huh. No, but it's just gold and he's and he's annoyed because he wanted gold pressed latinum. Mm-hmm. Not many people know this, but Murr is also impossible to replicate. <laughs> Nobody wants it. <laughs> so, my bad thing. This, this extends to a lot of Christmas stories, not just this one. I hate stories about that one character who doesn't care about Christmas. So everyone bullies them until they learn the lesson that Christmas is great and everyone must celebrate it. Like Peter wasn't being an asshole or anything. Chris, he said Christmas is just another day to him. He had kind of a shitty childhood and now he's just like, "Eh, I'll work. You guys take off. Like he wasn't pushing his beliefs on anyone. He wasn't being like, you know, a Scrooge, if you will. He was just being a guy like you don't need to go around ruining anybody's other anybody's good times or being Ricky Gervais about it. But 
you know, some people just don't care all that much about Christmas and that should be okay. Yeah, I actually I really agree with this one. He's not doing anything. In fact, yeah. he's being surprisingly nice for Peter. No, it it reminded me of how I hope I come off like I used to be real shitty about it. And now it's just like, eh, I don't care. I'll, yeah. I'm going to work on Christmas because I don't know. I get a day off and I can do whatever I want. Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't. I don't hang out with my family. I don't really do anything. And I don't want to take away any, anything from anyone else. It's just nothing to me. Yeah. And people can be real jerks about that. Yeah. And there's so many stories about shaming people like that. It really bugs me. Mm. And this was one of them, unfortunately. Like, Scrooge is a dick. He deserved everything that came yeah. to him, to be clear. But, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like I think Bob said on Twitter. He, he likes the Christmas Carol stories because it just reminds him. It's like, you know, basically, don't be a dick. Yeah. Is, 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 the, is the story. And that's not even a Christmas lesson. That's just a, a, a life lesson. Yeah, that's you know? good advice. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's disappointing. If they wanted it to, if they wanted him to parallel Scrooge, they should have made him more of a jerk about yeah. it. But he was, because the guy who does his voice is just so sort of easygoing, it's it's really hard to make him seem mean. He's just kind of laid back. He seems like he probably just smoked a joint and, hey, it's, it's all <laughs> fine, guys. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, what Wait, else? On you around here. <laughs> Whenever they go into the shop, well, there's several things about the shop, actually. Whenever, um, uh, what do you call them? Tiny Tim and and oh. Father go into oh, the so shop. Oh, so it's Scrooge's shop. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Uh, they're playing Green Sleeves, which is is like a medieval uh, tune. So I don't know what it's got to do with Victorian. Uh, that's that's American code for this is England, and it's the only <laughs> public domain song we know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then, but then, Tiny Tim and his father get a get a small get the smallest turkey known to man. I think it's possibly smaller than molecules. <laughs> I think it was like a a Christmas canary. Yes. <laughs> Someone beheaded a pigeon that had wandered into the shop. Like the guy wasn't of, that big. Maybe it was a Christmas canary that died down the mine. Oh. <laughs> It's it's like they make like the the tradition of the like we we like to think a turducken is something ridiculous that exists now, but that goes back at least to those times. I know maybe further, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe they took one of those like one of those birds inside a bird inside a bird, and like they took the smallest one because that's all they could afford. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna some... stuff a we're gonna stuff a, a canary into a into a sparrow into a pigeon into a crow. Those were those they made stuff like that. That's, oh, I know. You think you're joking, but that's, that, I mean, maybe not those exact birds, but something very much like that existed. The opulence of Victorian England. Yeah. And I, I like I say, Gav, uh, Irish Gav, you may know better than I, like, doesn't that tradition go back to even further? Not that you know everything about history, but you know a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> well, it'll, go, it'll certainly go back to, uh, like, Henry VIII sort of times. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. anything. Well, he would eat it. Well, yeah. <laughs> and fuck little. anything. And... <laughs> yeah, there's a Venn diagram of things he would eat and fuck. <laughs> a lot of overlap. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a circle. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very much like his own shape. <laughs> and if you put one on top of the other, it looks like an eight. Which reminds you of Henry VIII. See, it all it all is connected. Don't the looking glass shame Henry VIII. <laughs> Uh, what else? Conspiracy goes all the way to the top. <laughs> I'm gonna say, given that this, the main premise of this episode is that 
this, they're getting rid of Christmas by their actions. Mm-hmm. So basically, Christmas is no more, and everybody's just shouting "Bar humbug!" To them isn't mm. "Bar humbug" really a rejection of Christmas? If we've got rid of Christmas, isn't that just like a normal day now? I, I, I kind of. And people love... are just generally going to be miserable and telling you occasionally to smile or something. Yeah, not, you know, not just like in December, life. but always. Also, dogs <laughs> are mad at each other. Dogs and dogs living together, total anarchy. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. I, did, I didn't realize you were going somewhere with that. You, I didn't mean to cut off your uh, your punchline there. Did you say it was it was well, like your life always? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people uh, telling you to smile. Ugh. Yeah, I've got one of those resting miserable faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You really do. Poor bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because every time I hang around you, we're all talking and laughing. So yeah, I know better. It was a delightful time. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Uh, uh, the logic of this episode means that like Scrooge writes a book about how he how he defeated the ghosts. Uh huh. Puts a picture of himself in his pajamas on the cover, and then it sells <laughs> for a hundred years, yep. and basically makes him as popular as Christmas is now. Well, I mean, so you could argue that... So he's bigger than Jesus, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. I imagine... I imagine. In Did this Jesus universe... beat some ghosts up single-handedly? Yes. It was in Leviticus, I believe. <laughs> well, now I'm just picturing like a, um, a, a Ghostbusters uh, uh, action figure, but it's Jesus instead of uh, those four guys. Yeah, when you push the button on the back, his eyes bug out. Mm-hmm. I'd buy that. I probably did buy that. I mean, <laughs> there could be an argument made for like a, Dickens, a Christmas Carol, like really popularizing a very specific vision of Christmas. So in this world, this other book took its place, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And people I are don't. just shitty to each other instead and own money lending houses. So and don't turn the heat up. So like now, except for the heat thing. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's oh a dad. This is the bad place. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, you don't work at our place. We've got that heat thing. <laughs> or lack of heat thing. Yeah. Uh, don't you work for, for like firemen, though? Like, you, yes, the you have access to heat. That's why they don't want any heat around. It could start a fire. Oh, no, of course. no, we're really good at putting heat out. <laughs> oh, that's mm, the problem. Point. It's like the Billy Joe song the heat could start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was never burning. <laughs> it was never burning. That was a lie. You can't prove anything. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Mm. All right. You Sorry, guys I, was just, I was just swallowing there. Uh, and the, the unseasonable weather thing that they said this is unseasonable weather for December and it's snowing and windy. And I thought, well, what month is it seasonable for then? Yeah, seriously. I mean, unless you live in Hawaii, that's that's pretty. <laughs> Typical, I would now, say. Snow in December is pretty spot on, guys. I don't know. Uh, what you yeah, I don't know what they were. Uh, yeah, unless Scrooge changed times so that you know the weather changed as well. I also eliminated snow. God, I'm a dick. <laughs> Are you implying that humans have any kind of effect on the climate at all? Because that that is a myth. Ridiculous. <laughs> Just absurd. No, it's true. The, the Vulcan weather satellite affects the weather. I think you found. Oh, right. Of course. Got to get this day Superman 3 reference in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, I got it. I, I thought you were going Star Trek with Vulcan, but I, I got there in the end. He tricked you. <laughs> Just a simple uh, trick. Now you are the fool. 
<laughs> plot of ploy to start a war. <laughs> All right, do you guys have a quote for us? Yes, and uh, it's basically a bar humbug battle. Bah humbug! Bah humbug! Bah humbug you! Oh, bah humbug you! Hey, pinhead! Bah humbug! Bah humbug! Okay, hey, I'll give you Christmas cookies all over your face. It's it's like a rap battle, only uh-huh. better. <laughs> I think Scrooge should have done more raps. Well, I bet there's an epic rap battles of history of Scrooge and someone. I don't know. Jesus. Yeah, it could be. His best friend. Uh-huh. They are best friends. Mm-hmm. They just have to play up the rivalry. It's like a wrestling thing. They have to play yeah. up the rivalry for the uh, you know for, for the, the fans. People, for the publicity. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, moving on to a, a, a very unusual choice, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Gavs <laughs> always go with the most English thing possible. I think with the idea that we probably would not have seen it, which is a good, you know, good call. I love it. It always takes me back to my childhood. Well, yeah, being being Canadian and also your your dad is English. I guess you you had a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas I had PBS, which showed Python, and I think that's it. <laughs> like I didn't have access to a lot of this, which is I'm still fascinated with it all. Uh, Tea bags, Christmas cracker, which is not dirty. It's not dirty. <laughs> I, I, it, it sounds pretty dirty, honestly. You know, for the first time, I heard that as if you, uh, you know, from your point of view. <laughs> well, it's a thing you grew up with, so it doesn't. I know. Just don't think of it that way. It's all fine, and then just when you yeah. use it, it's like, oh right, I see. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, Matt, uh, you you kick. Tea bags, Christmas cracker. Uh huh. All right. We open at the North Pole, or green screen, of version of same, where the loneliest Santa Claus, Father Christmas, prepares for his yearly rounds at the last minute. Oh, he's going to deliver toys that don't exist, made by elves who are nowhere to be seen, and the sleigh we couldn't afford, driven by reindeer who, are apparent, who have apparently left, is unclear. Thankfully, all of these concerns are rendered moot when a witch in a big hat shows up. I thought she was from a panto. Oh, no, she isn't. Oh, oh yes, she, she is. is. Meet Tallulah Bag, a.k.a. T-Bag. I guess our characters are using Tidro naming conventions, which technically is Jennifer Lopez's shtick, but who even remembers who that is nowadays? T-Bag, which isn't something filthy, despite all evidence to the contrary, is our titular, not hero, villain, but also main character, an anti-protagonist, if you will. I will not. T-Bag's clever (laughs) scheme to conquer, let's just go with Christmas, I guess, is to place a magic spell inside of each gift distributed by Santa, which will play a 1984-style message demanding children's fealty to the dark sorceress, grand lady, and unspeakable master of horrors, Teabag. Did we mention she also has a kid sidekick named T-Shirt who hates her? This is probably relevant information. He shows up in a variety of costumes to yell at her and thwart her plans, so he's not so much a sidekick as just some jerk she knows. For some reason, this entire plan hinges on what happens at some Victorian home with a traditional Scottish maid and a, cherub- and a cherubic urchin who should be thrown in the brig for impersonating a sailor. I think all children just wore sailor suits for an extended period of history. I thought you were going to say all children should just be thrown in the brig. Those aren't mutually exclusive. So Teabag cleverly disguises herself as Mary Poppins, which is entirely lost on me because somehow I've never seen Mary Poppins. We were a bed knobs and broomsticks household. Oh, you poor wretched orphan. I had parents, Matt. 
But can you call them parents if they didn't show you Mary Poppins? Are you sure they weren't just adults that you lived with for a time? Hey, we're doing that thing where we've written two pages of summary and we've barely talked about the story. Fine. So eventually there's a plan with three different people in Santa costumes running in and out of doors. A small boy trapped in a chimney like so much Phoebe Cates' dad. Hey, that reference I got. And then Christmas is saved, despite the absence of Ernest. And Teabag is sentenced to the most hellish fate imaginable, shrunken down, having the top of a Christmas tree shoved inside her, and being forced to endure humiliating wah-wah music on the soundtrack. Merry Merry Christmas! God bless us, everyone. God has no place in this narrative, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) So this was apparently just like a Christmas special, like a Christmas episode of a a long-running series, which is, I think, information we needed to have. Because uh, yes, this woman does this sort of thing a lot. It's not just like she appeared f- as if from out of nowhere. And then this woman does again. this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> this one, one scheme among many. Although it's some of the, uh, as one of you pointed it out, uh, she's not usually working on this big of a scale. Like she's not trying to take over the world usually. No, I think it's normally like trying to stop two little girls from collecting five goblets or something. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's basically what this story came back to, is trying to thwart one child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember some of the t- there was one of the series was called, because they all have different titles, one of the series was called Teabag and the Pearls of Wisdom. And that's not dirty. And that, and that's not dirty. <laughs> okay. That's good, because it sounds filthy. <laughs> that's much worse than Teabag's Christmas Cracker, by the way. Uh, yes. I'm, I love this. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah, it is like just the concept of in the 80s, a TV show based around a villain trying to like just screaming at children. It's awesome. Yeah, she hates them so much. Just take yourself back. Just imagine the pitch for this show. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not dirty. (laughs) I know what you're thinking, but no, it's not. All right. First of all, it's not dirty. Everything I say is not dirty. Now, teabag, get out. <laughs> and her pearls of wisdom. Remember, remember, it's not dirty. And, and the small boy that she hangs out with, get out. <laughs> yeah. No, you. I mean, you know, you have to look past that. Uh-huh. Although, I, I will say, I, I may have had a, an impure thought or two about Teabag herself. She was delightful, and I, I, I like him evil, what can I say? She is, she's my good thing. I love her just wandering around Victorian England, yelling at people. We're she not threat- clear when, when it is, but it could be Victorian England. <laughs> she threatens to beat this child, like, twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's <laughs> So she's basically Homer Simpson. Yeah, basically. (laughs) The amount of time she spends insulting Santa Claus both to his face and behind his back. Mm -hmm. Like every five seconds, that fat piece of shit. God, how I hate him. She's she's just this wonderfully broad over the like there's not a subtle thing about her, which I love. And Mm -hmm. and the comparison to Panto is just because she is such a giant villain that is all her gestures are so big and all her like facial expressions are so you know animated like everything about her is like as the kids would say now extra she's just so much (laughs) and i like it a lot she's a lot of fun yeah she reminded me of uh carol burnett actually like she looks a little little bit like but also it just in her physical comedy like very good at all of that stuff. Well, and her Mary Poppins cosplay is on fucking point. Like, there's there's shots of her where she looks just like Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sure some of that was costuming and makeup, but oh, some totally. of probably natural resemblance as well. But like costuming wise, they nailed it. Yeah. Which for a show with a budget of what, what 10 pounds, maybe nickel. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, English Kevin, what was your good thing? Uh, mine was uh, her opposite number t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic as well. I, maybe a bit of nostalgia involved, but I think the actor brings so much energy to the part, and I think he plays it brilliantly. He's, he's they, such a likable character, I thought. They, they bounce off foil. each other very well. Yeah, and mm. for someone like her that I was just raving about, like if you put a, an inferior actor next to her, it would really be noticeable, and it was not at all. Like, say, a different small child that's in yeah. the show. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. No, he held I his own he, with her, which was great. He was basically in the entire series i think he was yeah oh yeah oh right you yeah. mentioned we looked the... it up didn't we he, he did go throughout the whole room didn't he yeah um yeah but, but well, well my good thing is the fact uh-huh. that the show was even made is great in itself but, yeah but also, for what nine series something like that yeah something weird like that like it, you they made almost a hundred episodes it was a different time. Uh-huh. But, but also, each series has a single story. There have been multiple tea bags. That's not uh, dirty. With their own assistants, <laughs> Christmas specials, and it started off as an educational, apparently, before becoming more an adventure serial. That's right. It's basically Doctor Who. <laughs> so, tea bag is like an, an evil time watch. He's like the master or somebody. Oh, there's well, a crossover ride watch. <laughs> this is a reboot way into our There were two different tea bags. One was... Is this Tallulah bag? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other one was her sister Tabitha bag. Ah. Did she regenerate though, or was she? I guess she was her sister. Didn't she? I was reading the article on Wikipedia. I think she just flat out died. Oh, really? What, the character? Yeah. yeah. Not the actor. The character. No, no. Okay. The character just like died. Like whoever she was trying to thwart finally won and pushed her off the roof or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Or maybe this was it. Maybe this was her last appearance, and she just stayed on that Christmas tree forever. That's it. <laughs> they throw it on the uh, when they throw it on the pyre. Oh, yeah, a little ra- somewhere around mid-January when they finally get rid of the tree. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's like the end of uh, the original Fly. Help me. <laughs> Very good. Uh, my good thing is the last act of this with multiple people in Santa outfits and then the real Santa uh, running in and out of doors. It was a very good farce, like very good slapstick. Everyone's chasing and wearing the same thing. And and I think that's the part that really made me think of like uh, Panto or farce or, you know, any of that sort of broad comedy. Like, You're not we- Santa. No, I'm someone else. <laughs> pulling the beard off. But then the real Santa's there and you can't pull his beard off. And it was like it's it's a very basic kind of comedy, but if it's done well, it makes me laugh. And this was done pretty well. Yeah. It was pretty fun. And quite cheap because you only have to use the one, two rooms. <laughs> yeah, but they bought it. They bought like four Santa costumes. <laughs> rented. They rented four Santa Of course. Costumes. No, they only rented two. They just filmed it in such a way that it looks like there were four. Uh, you never have two of them on the screen at this, or more than two at the same time on screen. No, yeah, only one the main, of them was always hiding. You couldn't see him. Only the main characters got their own got their own Santa costumes. Everybody else had to borrow them from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Wait, what? That story <laughs> about when they were filming Generations about how oh, they right. the, yeah. I was like, when was Santa on DS9? <laughs> I'd watch it. <coughs> uh, he was I mean, in the last episode. Yeah. Damn it. 
in that in the crowd when they're celebrating in the uh, in the holiday in the holiday. No, no, he was what they left behind. Oh, of course. <laughs> no, he was in the fire caves. <laughs> yeah, he was burning tea back. <laughs> he, he was in the fire caves. That uh, Santa outfit will go up like Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, English cover was your bad thing. Uh, well, mine was. Uh, you know, we're saying her plan was to uh, enslave all the children. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I actually think that wasn't her main plan at all. Her main plan was, and remember, this isn't dirty. She wanted to be novel Santa. Not dirty. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> very dirty. dirty. She wanted yeah, to novel Santa. She I'm... said it many times, and nobody was aware of her wanting to noble Santa. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. The fact that they said noble about four times. I mean, I just... in, in your... Uh, uh, this world podcast, you, you know, you do the bit where, you know, the, the, like gingerly, the words he uses a lot uh-huh. in his books. They use the word noble in this four times. <laughs> Just stop I, saying noble. It didn't really register with me. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard that word before. I just kind of tuned it out because, you know, when I watch things from somewhere else, sometimes there are words I don't know. And I, what does it actually mean? I think in, I think in this context, uh, capture... Mm. Well, you don't want to get captured. No, they'll put you in a bag. <laughs> yeah, cap, take him down, hinder him. Uh, mm. So tea to, bag to wants to novel. Okay, okay. Can I stop you there? If you're going to do a definition of something, don't use the word in the definition. Irish Kev, what was your bad thing? What was my bad thing? Oh, yes. I know you're shocked, but... A lot of it doesn't make any sense. What? <laughs> How dare you? Santa, what are you doing here? Why <laughs> did Cheebag want the kid to clean his room and she could do it by clicking her fingers? Well, either that or kill half the planet, people on the planet. But <laughs> what's with this kid at all? The plan made the plan made sense before that. You know, when she was wanting to just uh, get, get all the kids mind in, the world. in the world. Yeah. 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 But then she just and shows up at this kid's house. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what was was the kids' house at the nexus of all the world or something. I don't know. Maybe she was, it, well, maybe it was I just was... the first one on the list. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and it took four hours six to weeks sort there. The <laughs> she had a list of six billion yeah. children, and she got stuck on the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be very good at this. <laughs> or maybe it's she like um, to be part of the plan. She was wanting t-shirts to. Deliver all the things or something. Yeah, right, to dress up as Santa and deliver the present. Yeah. She was just supervising. Oh, she, is she a control freak? <laughs> is she one of those managers? She I certainly say. can't delegate. No. We all know someone like that. Which is why she had to have the kid clean his room and watch him the whole time. Because it's a control freak thing. Mm-hmm. She had to yeah. watch him do it. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, the little sailor kid looks exactly like my brother when he was eight, and I found that deeply upsetting. There's no possible way your brother could be this annoying. No. Although at the time... Well, I mean, you're you're a little biased, because when you're kids, your little brother's the most annoying person in the world. But, y- you know, there's no possible way. Yeah. No, my bad thing is that child. is uh, like, like English that guy pointed out... Uh, T- t-shirt is great. Like, it's not that the children on this show are bad. It's that specific child. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to destroy him and all the other children if that's how they act. Also, I don't think he was in the Navy at all. 
I uh, what is the deal with sa- like sailor suits? I know that's that's slightly off topic, but anytime a child wears a sailor suit, I'm just like, wh- how ago is this? It's very upsetting. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think they're one of the village people, and then we get back into this isn't dirty territory, and it's hard to hard to maintain that point. Well, Al, England has a proud naval tradition, which is I mean, on display does. in this episode between the sailor suit and that painting in his room that is definitely the one that the Simpsons have in the living room, and the fact <laughs> that his parents were away in India, which sort of implies that uh, his father's they away were on some over kind of India. Well, he's away on some kind of official business. It could could be military, could be. Something else, I suppose. I don't think they're in India at all. They're just down, the, the, you know, the other end of the street, staying away from the kid. <laughs> yeah, they're, just, the they're just down at the pub, pub having a quiet drink and waiting uh-huh. for the child to go to sleep. And and they've left the kid there to do, do all the decorations and trim the tree on Christmas Eve. Yeah, or is it Christmas Monday? <laughs> <laughs> well, this aired on Christmas Tuesday, which... <laughs> well, if you're putting up your Christmas decorations on Christmas Tuesday, it's way too late. Yeah, it's 27th. <laughs> No, but here's a fun trick you you guys uh, from the UK could play on me. You could basically tell me anything is a tradition in England, and I would believe because I just don't know. I would I never do that on television and what I've heard from you two. That is it. So you could grossly misinform me, and I just say, "Yeah, that's on." Oh, Christmas Tuesday—that's a thing, huh? All right. I'll wow. say at least half the things we've told you are true. Oh no! <laughs> and half of and, those but things. God- but Gav is, Gav is lying, and I'm telling the truth. Oh. <laughs> I used to have a Christmas Thursday. What, in your house? No, in town. What? It was just it was the Thursday between Christmas and New Year. We always went out. Oh, right, okay. Why Thursday? I don't know. <laughs> is that just the day no one makes it's, other plans? Well, I think it would just because at that time, Thursdays was a good night out in town. Mm. That's fair. And it, and it was at Christmas time, so. Of course, this could be a lie, like we just established. But, yeah. <laughs> yes, this is now a game show. <laughs> Let's see, English Gav went out drinking. Hmm, that doesn't seem right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Before we started, he told us the story of how he couldn't make it back home from, uh, how far away were you? <laughs> Five minutes. Yeah. Oh, dear. It took me an hour and a half. Yeah. And it's not like you can't hold your liquor. No, in fact, you're famous for it. Yes. <laughs> I had had quite a lot to drink, though. Like, like all of you. it? Did you drink I, all of I, it? I was drinking very strong porters and <laughs> oh, okay. Guinness and very strong IPAs all night. We did drink all. And afternoon. We did drink all the alcohol when we were in Chicago that time. <laughs> yes. And yes, they a, shook the bar because of us. That's a town that's famous for alcohol like that al capone like he built his empire on alcohol like that's a that's a drink in town there it's not like you went someplace with no liquor there's you know they're known for it mm-hmm. that's impressive we left a place with no liquor though <laughs> it's a dry county now <laughs> it's just a dust bowl now <laughs> sorry chicago now nah, they're uh, fine uh what else uh, let's see. I think that's about all I have. Mm-hmm. I have. I do have another. She apparently didn't explain the plan to T-shirt until they got to the house, which seemed a bit strange <laughs> to me. But then, if they're putting up Christmas decorations on Christmas Eve as well, it makes as much sense, sense as that. 
I we have to get to a point where it's just like, as you said before, that makes as much sense as anything. You just sort of throw your sense concerns out the window. <laughs> or as one of you pointed out, why doesn't she just teleport into the house? I think she's a vampire. I think she has to be invited. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, a vampire Mary Poppins is, would be an interesting. Uh... Well, a, yeah, I was um, yeah, I was thinking, why didn't she just teleport all the peasants into the kids' houses? But thinking about it, she only ever teleported peasants to herself. So maybe it's like a recall technology she's got. <laughs> that could I be. think we're putting. I think we're making more sense of this than there was actually at the time. <laughs> yeah, I think we're talking about this longer than the writers' room ever did. Yeah, I was just, oh, it was, uh, I think it was a Mitchell and Webb on the, the, the radio version of, of their sketch show. I think they did Zombie Poppins. That's what I was thinking of. Mm. Was it them or was it John Fenimore? I can't remember. Anyway, it was a good bit. Uh, anything else? Uh, no. You want to roll out our quote? Uh, yes. Let's do. Children. <laughs> Who'd have them? And I agree with her. Yep. Gross. At least when it comes to sailor, <laughs> sailor suit kid. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. For... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gav and Gav, this is a delight as always. Uh, we are now doing these semi-annually, so we will speak to you again sometime around the summer solstice, I imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like what we're now pagan. <laughs> we were yeah, always I, pagan. We just didn't what, talk about it. What's the what? Like, I don't know. June twenty. Uh, that you know that famous holiday that everyone celebrates. Oh, then Christmas. Christmas June. Excellent. Yeah, there you go. Sunday. That one what? day of the year we get sun. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wasn't wasn't uh, Christmas two the plot of that Christmas movie with Dudley Moore? Yeah, but that's in March. Oh, damn it. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as as we say, thank you very much. This is this is always a delight. Uh, mm. we, we love talking to you guys. This is just a lot of fun. Uh, and I doubt we're going to run out of things to review anytime soon. So yeah, there's always Star Trek. Trek. There's always going to be more shitty British things to review. Yes, we've got some lined up, haven't we? You yep. could give us good British things, you know. Just say. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> So next week we will be posting. Uh, I ended up splitting this into two parts because the recording went for so long. But the the giant panel discussion that that we alluded to earlier, the the eleven person discussion. Uh, Irish guy was there. Um, several other people that that have been on this show over the years. Uh, it's a lot of fun. The first part of that will drop next week. Uh, then obviously the second one after that, and then we will be reviewing Discovery in pretty much real time. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the, the, uh, we got to do the shorts. Yeah. We'll do the second two shorts, which will be current. And then after that discovery starts. So we'll be reviewing them the same week they air, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Uh, let's see if you want to write to us, post at Gmail, the website, post the Tumblr, post We are on Twitter at Algar at robot Matt. Uh, do you guys want to give your Twitters? Uh, yeah. At Irish Gov. I don't know what mine is. Yours is at Simi Boys, isn't it? Probably. Yeah. Yes, Simi Boys with a Z or a Z, as they would say. Yeah. I don't normally talk to myself often on it, so. Why would you talk to yourself? I don't know my phone number. (laughs) Uh, So if you want to follow us, do that. And uh, we will be back with another show next week. Yeah. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. 
Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun.